Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. I'm your host with the most, Chris. So, as you guys can obviously see, I am not in my original apartment slash recording studio. I'm out here at the beach with the waves going around. It is spring break for me and my fellow college student colleagues, or if any of you are on spring break right now, I hope you are having a great time. Right now, I am in Galveston with some family and friends, having a great time out here, drinking my liquid death, but free agency news, a lot of big stories coming out of the sports world, so I'm here, and let's get straight into it. So, first up, the the best time of the year for college basketball is upon us that is right march madness has begun that is correct so if you guys have filled out your brackets or getting ready to place those bets to see if you are going to either have a perfect bracket or at least close to perfect i know in previous years i try to have a good uh, record or at least try to get a good at least a good bracket i mean every year cinderella stories kill you and it's it's just tough to see every time but however i'm very excited for this year a couple of um what's it called of crazy stories actually like alabama i didn't expect them to go number one i knew they had a pretty good team this past year but getting a number one seed in the tournament is absolutely crazy kind of one of the bigger things that i thought was a little interesting was uh, the university of texas actually they Won the Big 12 tournament this past week against the number one, uh, against defending champions Kansas, blew them out of the water. They still got a number two seed, which was, I think, one of the weirder spots to put, especially since they were champions. So that was definitely something I was not ready for, and that was something that I wasn't really predicting, honestly. I thought, like, because they won the Big 12 and they had a good record, and they had a good record against the defending champions Kansas, that they would be able to get that high seeding. But I guess not, so we'll just have to see what goes on with that. But I got to fill up my bracket. As of this recording, the tournament hasn't begun yet, or at least the official tournament. So I believe they're playing the first round of the pe- the the get in the buy-in tournament. So as of this recording, I still have not done my bracket, but I will do it after this video and after this gets all done and recorded. I will get my bracket out there, and I'll share it with you guys on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. But... Let's move on. There's a lot of NFL news. A lot of NFL controversies. Just a lot of stuff has happened over the past break. So let's get into it. So the Chicago Bears, da Bears, have traded the number one pick to the Carolina Panthers. So what do I think of this trade? First of all, I'm going to start with the Chicago Bears. Da Bears got a lot in return. They got a lot in return. One of the one of the biggest things, DJ Moore, they got a number one wide receiver from the Carolina Panthers, and they were able to do that. And I'm very shocked that they were able to at least get him for the number one pick. Now, I'm not surprised that they traded. I've been saying it for a while that they were gonna trade the number one pick for a lot of either a lot of draft compensation or at least some help for Justin Fields. I did not think that they were gonna let Justin Fields go. There is no way, especially the potential that he has and the way he was able to keep their offense relevant throughout the season. So I'm not shocked that they traded the number one pick. It was a shock of who was going to get the number one pick. Because that was my biggest question was, who's going to receive the number one pick in the draft from the Chicago Bears? Or who's willing to give up a lot to get the number one pick, to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? And Carolina did it. 
Carolina gives up, like I said, number, uh, number one wide receiver, DJ Moore. Ninth round pick in 2023, tw uh, another uh, 64th pick in 2023, 2024 pick, and the 2025 pick. That is a lot of draft capital for Bryce Young, which, I mean, he might end up being worth it in the end. So, But Carolina is in their quarter, not quarterback purgatory, but they definitely need at least a young quarterback to get the to kind of get the gears going, you know, start fresh. They're probably going to not do well for a couple years just so they can build around Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. But for Carolina, I like this. I really do. I think that this is solid for Carolina, especially since they've been needing a quarterback. Now they can kind of, uh, you know, build a team around a young quarterback, especially since he's going to be probably on the cheaper end. I mean, we've seen it with Lamar, Dak, Jimmy G, all those, all those quarterbacks in the league right now. And I'm sure... Joe Burrow is going to get this soon. That contracts for quarterbacks is really expensive. And we've seen that throughout the NFL and kind of just, you know, what we've seen, this trend of quarterback pay going high. So a lot of owners are thinking we should just go get a young quarterback in the draft, end up saving money in the end, and then deal with the paying later. And if it doesn't work out, you don't have to pay him, which is, you know, at least a smart strategy to some of the owners, unless you're Baltimore and you're, you know, kind of rugging it on the dirt with Lamar Jackson, but that's neither here or there. So now with Carolina possibly getting Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, my biggest thing is that I don't know what the rest of the league is going to do. All those other teams that were looking at C.J. and Bryce, such as the Texans and the Colts, because I was like, I was expecting one of them two to go get the number one pick. Those those two were going to be the top ones I thought, and maybe the Raiders to go get the number one pick. But the Panthers just kind of came out of nowhere. From the number 9 pick, they weren't even top 5. They were top 10 in a pick, and they just decided to go all in. Which, I mean, makes sense. Frank Wright coming in, the organization's trying to, you know, turn over a new leaf. You know, Baker Mayfield didn't work. Sam Darnold was okay. P.J. Walker, I mean, he's good, but he's not a starting quarterback caliber right now. So getting Bryce Young, or at least getting Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and having them either learn behind P.J. or, you know, have them start, you know, kind of throw them into the wolves. It really just depends on what Frank Wright wants to do. But I don't hate it. I really don't, especially since they need that quarterback. The only thing that I really think is going to be the problem here is going to be D.J. DJ Moore leave, uh, not being there anymore. Because that number one wide receiver would have been so helpful for Bryce Young or C.J. But, hey, free agency has kicked off. There's, you know, there's wide receivers out there. Odell Beckham's working out now. You know, for organizations, I believe the Panthers were one of the teams that went to go check out his private workout. You know, you can always go try, well, with whatever trade cap you have, you know, you can always go try to get a wide receiver and trade for him or, you know, try to draft one late rounds, hope for the best, and go from there. But you never know. You just, you really never know. But I'm excited for Carolina just because they are going to get their young quarterback that they need. I believe the last young quarterback, like young, young quarterback that they drafted in the first round was Cam Newton. Uh, you know, and he did, I mean, we saw how he did. He did exceptional. You know, had one rookie of the year, had an MVP season, went to, the, went to the Super Bowl. You know, absolutely fumbled the bag at that point, but still went either way. So I'm very excited for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud to go to Carolina, at least. Also, they're not in a strong division, if that makes sense. They have, they're going up against the Buccaneers, who just lost Tom Brady. The Saints just got Derek Carr, so that may be their only competition. Atlanta, who knows what's going on with Atlanta and Carolina. So that division is not very hard for C.J. Stroud or Bryce or uh, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young to come into. So that's kind of the upside of this is that they're not going to go in with a lot of pressure. You know, if that makes sense. You know, like going to the Texans where they got to go up against Jacksonville and Tennessee, or you know the Colts. You know, they go up in their in their conference. You got to 
got to think about that. And I think Carolina, at least that the division is not going to be the strongest in the NFC, you have a still chance to win the division. And they, and they have a good running game with the two running backs uh, in Hubbard, and I'm blanking on the other running back for Carolina. But they have a good little rotation going on for them. But now for the Bears. They're going to be strong. If I'm the Vikings or the Packers, I would be terrified because they got a lot back. Especially getting DJ Moore. DJ Moore, I think, is one of the, was one of the more underrated number one wide receivers last season just because of all the quarterbacks that they went through. He wasn't able to thrive as much in Carolina, especially with all you know with Cam Newton doing his random rebirth season that didn't work out. Sam Darnold didn't work. P.J. Walker got hurt. Baker Mayfield didn't work out there. So you can definitely tell that he needed a stronger um, quarterback. Now with Justin Fields getting him. Chase Claypool coming back, and I think Chase Claypool is an excellent number two wide receiver. He really is. I think he's an excellent number two, and, they, you know, I believe they just lost David Montgomery, so they may have to go get a running back or try to find one in free agency. I know Miles Sanders is available. But now they can work on the offense because I believe their defense at least, you know, can, you know, they can, that's tolerable. They can stop, they can stop certain offenses, so I don't think they're going to be, like, they're not the worst defense on the planet, but I think their offense needs a little bit more work. Especially if you're going to try to protect Justin Fields from getting hurt. You're protecting your quarterback. So, if I were the Bears and you have the number 9 pick, I'd try to get an alignment. I would try to block for Justin Fields so he's not running around and possibly trying to get hurt. Like, what, like kind of what we've seen with other you know quarterbacks that run around a lot. Kyler Murray is a good example because he got hurt. Lamar Jackson got hurt because he ran the ball a lot. I'm surprised Josh Allen hasn't gotten hurt for all the times he runs the ball. So, you kind of see it. So... Justin Fields was also part of that uh, part of that list, so protect Justin Fields at all costs. That's going to be their ultimate game plan and build around Justin Fields because they just got a lot of draft picks to do it. So I think the Bears are going to be scary. They might be this year, but I know going into the future, that NFC North is going to be tough to beat with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears getting all that draft capital for the number one pick. And with that... It was just the right amount of uh, draft capital, especially since they were really, really trying to hone in on what they wanted for the number one pick. You know, because they were trying to see who is not really, I guess, desperate enough or who is willing to give up a lot of capital for our pick. And I I just want to know what the Texans offered. You know, the Texans or the Colts, because when Carolina came in out of nowhere and just hit the RKO out of, on everyone in the NFL and just screwed up everyone's drafts, that that was just, out, that just blew my mind. You know, in all honesty, it blew my mind with Carolina coming in and doing that. Like I said, I don't like that they gave up DJ Moore, but I do understand that they had to throw in something aside of just draft picks because Chicago can always say no and go get, um, you know, go trade with the Texans who probably would want to get you know would probably give up maybe Brandon Cook to get Bryce Younger CJ Stroud or at least solidify that they're going to get him so that's when I end with that with the rest of the NFL I don't know how the draft's going to work anymore because now CJ Stroud's going to be the only one available at least top tier quarterbacks going into the draft so either the Texans are going to or the Texans or the Colts are going to have to fight to try to get CJ Stroud and probably Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are going to get drafted a lot earlier than they should in my opinion they shouldn't be even number one picks in my personal opinion, last episode I talked about how they, how Will Levis isn't. I don't think he's going to be great, and I don't think Anthony Richardson's going to be that great either. I think Anthony Richardson's a great athlete, but number one, or at least in the first round, I don't think so. And same thing with Will Levis. But now they're going to probably get even drafted even higher. 
since Carolina is probably going to take Bryce Young. So I just want to say congratulations to Carolina. You guys just got either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in the draft. And, I mean, you guys have a weaker division. So don't say never. They, Carolina almost won their division last year and went to the playoffs. So don't count them out going into next season. All right, so next topic for the day. Hey, everybody, I just want to take a real quick pause from the podcast to introduce our first sponsor, One Guy from Italy on University. One Guy from Italy on University is a local Lubbock restaurant located right next to Texas Tech University. They have some of the best food in town. I know personally I go order. The house calzone is my favorite. And also, they have been voted to have the best calzones in Texas. So if you're ever in Lubbock, Texas, make sure you guys stop by One Guy from Italy on University. And thank you guys for being our first sponsor of the podcast. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hey, Austin Eckler has requested a trade from the L.A. Chargers. Now, I'm scared for the Chargers because they hired Kellen Moore from the Dallas Cowboys. It hurts my heart that he left and went to L.A. But I was very excited for Kellen because he was going to work with Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. And that was the duo pair. But now he is asking for a trade. But why is he asking? So, I think one of the biggest things is that he is, he is just the workhorse of that team. Whenever Keenan Allen went down... And the other wide receivers aren't going down. Austin Eckler's productivity went up. They had to give him the ball. And I know with Kellen Moore, if he wants to run an offense similar to the Dallas Cowboys, he's going to want a strong running game or at least a running game to help out the help out Justin Herbert. You know, kind of take the weight off of him and the wide receivers. But now that he's possibly going to go is what I think is one of the more one of another crazier stories of this week because I didn't expect him to go. You know, especially since. Um, L.A., you know, they try to work with him, at least, you know, give him the ball with enough touches, but I know they have a young quarterback that they believe in. You know, Keenan Allen top, is a top 10, top 5 wide receiver, depending on who you ask. So they have weapons, and now with Kellen Moore being a more uh, competent offensive coordinator, it works out for him. It really does, but now he wants to go because he's seen the type of money, and I know he's probably going to ask for Christian McCaffrey money, Ezekiel Elliott money, and other good running back money. So... That's my biggest concern for the Chargers going into next season is that if they don't figure something out with Austin Eckler, I don't think they're going to be that great because everyone's going to know they're going to want to you know, throw the ball or at least try to get a good passing game going, and it's not going to work. It just isn't. And I feel like that's going to be the biggest issue or kind of a big concern going into the season if Austin Eckler does get traded. However, though, Chargers fans, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged because... Bijan Robinson, apparently his stock is going down in the draft from uh, different analysts, Mel Kuyper and uh, others. B they have Bijan Robinson going down to the late 20s, which I'm kind of shocked because I believe he's like the projected number one wide receiver to get picked this year. And I kind of figured he would go a little down just because a lot of teams need a, a lot of other positions. But Bijan Robinson would not be a bad, a bad pick for the Chargers if they do decide to trade Austin Eckler or if they do find someone that's willing to trade for Austin Eckler and really I can see the Buffalo Bills trying just because I know the Buffalo Bills need a more consistent running back especially since Josh Allen was our top uh, top leading rusher last season because he gets the ball in QB dives and somehow gets more yards than a running back you know with him being 6'5 or 6'7 however tall that man is and you know get the get the pressure off Josh Allen I think that would be a great place for Austin Eckler especially with pairing him with Stephon Diggs and and that offense, I mean, it's a it's a great avenue. I think it's a great place for him to go. I mean, he may not like the cold, but hey, I mean, 
at least he'll get the ball, especially with Josh. And especially, even though Josh Allen is a great young talent, they do need to stop having him run the ball because he's going to get hurt and you're going to cut his career short because of it, especially since he's coming up on a pay on a pay year. He's come, I believe his contract's coming up you know, to get paid, and I'm sure he's going to reset the market, but you don't want to get hurt and hurt your chances of getting getting the money. So with that, I think Buffalo should at least try and hear out what the Chargers want for Austin Eckler. Uh, I believe there's a couple other teams, but I know that one is on the top of, at least the top of my list of who should try to go get Austin Eckler, maybe the Dallas Cowboys. I'll get to them later on in the podcast, but I'm, I'm just shocked, and I think if I'm Kellen Moore or if I'm uh, if I'm the head coach, I would definitely try to talk to him and see what we can do, work something out, keep him for another year before trading him, but especially if you're Kellen Moore, try to keep Austin Eckler as long as you can or try to convince him to stay and play for the season. Or go get Bijan Robinson. That's going to be their top two options going into the season. Alrighty, so next topic. Free agency has started this past week, and wow, there was a lot going on. I picked a couple of players, just uh, kind of caught my eye a little bit. Um, there, I know there's a couple more, but obviously we're going to be here for hours talking about free agency. But here's a couple that I picked. So number one, I thought was kind of a big shocker. Jimmy Garoppolo is heading to Sin City. He's going to Las Vegas with the Raiders. He's going to be pairing up with Devontae Adams. Now, why did I find this show? Sh- I didn't find this shocking, but I was I did not think I didn't think the Raiders were going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I know with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, their relationship was destroyed. I know Kyle Shan and it was reported that Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo's relationship is just over, especially with Brock Purdy doing as great as he did this past year. And then uh, Trey Lance, who knows what's going to happen with him with the injury and, you know, who's going to start. It's most likely to be Brock Purdy. I think it should be Brock Purdy. But Jimmy Garoppolo, the only problem I had with Jimmy, you know, he got to the play- He got to the playoffs. He's been to a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl when he was the backup for Tom Brady. And the only concern I really have with Jimmy Garoppolo is that he just gets injured way too much. You know, he's not the type of quarterback that will get you 500, 400 yards through the air or, you know, throw, get some crazy highlights like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. But he'll get you a win. You know, he'll do enough. He's a good game uh, game time manager. He tries to at least, you know, keep your team in, you know, in the game when it's close. So I think this will be a great pickup for the Raiders, especially since they just shipped out uh, Jared Stidham. He's going to the Broncos, and Derek Carr is a saint now. So seeing that and going about it, they needed to get a quarterback, especially since they just ran out their back their backup quarterback, and who knows what they're going to do in the draft. However, though, I still think they should try to go get a quarterback in the draft in just in case Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. Because we've seen it in San Francisco. He can't stay healthy. I think aside of the Super Bowl year, he played, I believe he either he came in and played for the year or he played for the whole year, got to the Super Bowl. So he has potential to be great. He just needs to be protected. Now that they kind of address the quarterback situation, at least for now, temporarily, they can work on their defense because I know their defense was absolutely atrocious last year. So... With quarterbacks, you know, especially with the quarterback market being crazy, and I'm sure they did not want to pay for Lamar Jackson, especially how much he's asking, because I believe he was one of the team. They were one of the teams that were going to try to see if they can get Lamar. Aaron Rodgers is out the door for, for them. I believe they said they said last week or two weeks ago that they didn't want Aaron Rodgers. So now coming in with Jimmy Garoppolo, at least they can work with him. You know, get a little system quarterback going, get some get some chemistry with Devontae, go and then go from there. And then Josh Jacobs is back, so he has a strong running back. So now the Raiders can focus on defense. But in my opinion, they should try to go get a quarterback. I don't know if they should get Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. 
I think Will Levis is probably going to be closer to Jimmy Jimmy G's playing style if they want him to learn behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Or they try to go get someone later in the rounds. I think that they still should. Just because Jimmy Garoppolo's history, he does get injured. And it's good to have some sort of backup quarterback you know, in the helms kind of waiting on standby. Because you never know. So, the Raiders, you guys got Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's finally out of San Francisco. Because I know he was hating it with Kyle Shanahan. You know, the relationship is over. But, welcome to Sin City, Jimmy Garoppolo, and we'll have to see what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to compete with the Chiefs. They're out, there's no way. And maybe they'll compete with the Chargers since they might lose Austin Eckler. The Broncos got Sean Payton. Hopefully he fixes everything. So I don't think they'll be a top contender in the vi division, but they may be able to at least maybe sneak, maybe sneak into the wild card. Maybe, depending on Jimmy Garoppolo's health. Next up, another Raiders move. The Raiders got... Jacoby Myers, wide receiver of the, from the New England Patriots. Now, I, I mean, I'm not shocked since con considering the fact that Jacoby Myers did let them score in a game, so he did help out the Raiders score so, against the, against them when he threw the pass. That was completely crazy. He has more touchdown passes to uh, the Raiders than Jimmy Garoppolo does right now, so I thought that was kind of crazy. But I'm more concerned for New England because the New England Patriots, that was their number one wide receiver. And he's gone. And they don't have a great track track record of drafting wide receivers. So I don't know what Bill Belichick's going to do now. Now, you know, without the number one wide receiver, at least he was at least more consistent than the others. Now, what do I think for the Raiders? This does help Devontae Adams because I know the, the struggling thing with Devontae Adams, not that he's struggling, he's top three wide receiver in the league right now, but at least Jacoby Myers helps out number one, Jimmy Garoppolo, and it does help. Devontae Adams get open because uh, Jacoby Myers did, I think he did, you know, well in New England last season, you know, especially being the number one wide receiver. And however the heck Matt Patricia decided to run his offense. But with that, Jacoby Myers coming in does help. It helps out Hunter, uh, Hunter Renfro. He can go back to slot receiver because I think he's a way better slot receiver than he is an outside. So that does help uh, the Raiders out a lot. Just now with. New England, I don't know if they're going to go with a draft pick or try to go into free agency and try to get a wide receiver. I would try to get a wide receiver in free agency just because of the track record of wide receivers that they draft. So with that, though, I don't, I'm not sure why New England decided to trade Jacoby away. I thought that was kind of a, kind of a, a little bit of a weird one. So, but Jacoby Myers is gone. Hopefully, New England can get another wide receiver. And I mean, Hunter Henry's not bad. The tight end, he's a good receiving, receiving tight end. Just same thing with him. He's he's kind of injured every now and then, and hopefully Matt Patricia doesn't call the plays because man, he does not know how to run an offense whatsoever. So at least it at least I guess it's a little bit of a clean slate. They're going to start fresh and go from there. But New England lost Jacoby Myers, and uh, Jacoby Myers, welcome to Sin City. You are now a Las Vegas Raider. Next up, Atlanta signed. Taylor Heineke from the Commanders. Now, I'm shocked about this. I really was when I heard about you know when I heard this. So, uh, go to. I'm gonna start with Atlanta first before I go to the Commanders. I I believe they probably signed Taylor Heineke in case Desmond Ritter doesn't work out. They at least have you know a veteran quarterback that's been there. He can run the offense at least well enough. Like I said earlier with the Carolina Panthers, they're not in a strong division this year. So I mean anything can really happen. So don't ever, I guess you can't really count out who, uh, whoever's in that division right now to win. Maybe the Saints have a better chance than Atlanta does, but, you know, bringing in Taylor Heineke and at least maybe helping out Desmond Ritter or at least giving him a little QB competition, 
I think it's going to help Desmond just because now he's going to know, like, hey, I can, we can bring someone in and replace you. A lot of fire under him, especially since he was a little bit better than Marcus Mariota, in my opinion. But now with Taylor Heineke, he's kind of proved himself. He's won some big games. He beat the Eagles when they were undefeated. You know, he ran a good system in Washington. So it's going to be interesting. It will be interesting to see how this is all going to work going into this and going into, you know, preseason OTAs, all that good stuff, and kind of seeing who's going to be the number one quarterback. Now, I'm going to move on to the Commanders because I'm concerned about the Commanders because they don't have a quarterback. Carson Wentz, release. Taylor Heineke, gone. So do they ride with Sam Howell? He had one good, you know, he had a decent game against the Cowboys who played horribly at the final game of the season. I don't know if that's enough, though. I really don't know if that's going to be enough to be the number one quarterback. Now, unless they are looking to trade, I believe the other two options are they try to get Lamar Jackson or they try to go into the draft and try to trade up to get either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or somebody, somebody out there. So with that... I, I just don't know what the Commanders are doing anymore. I mean, they, I never know what they're doing in general just because they're a really out of... They're just a crazy organization that doesn't know how to run their team. But now with no quarterback, they have no QB1 at the helm aside of Sam Howell. He is their only designated number one wide receiver. So we're just going to have to see what goes on with that because, I mean, I, don't, I really don't understand it. They're signing their defense. They're doing really well on defense. I believe they signed... Uh, Payne, the defensive tackle, they signed him to a long-term deal, but man, do they need, like, I understand that's great, they have a great front four and a, you know, a good defense, but you gotta score, and if you don't have a quarterback to do that, I don't know what they're gonna do. Like I said, unless they're one of the top front runners to get Lamar Jackson, and they're willing to pay him a lot of money, that's really the only way I can see them going about this, or they try to go into the draft and try to, dra try to either get someone there, but, I mean, with Carolina getting the number one pick, Bryce Young is more than likely gone. That means the Texans are more than likely going to get C.J. Stroud. The Colts are probably going to get either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. And maybe the Raiders as well. So, I, I just don't see what they may do with this. I really don't. Because they don't have a lot of options. And if you want to trade up to at least get C.J. Stroud, you're going to have to give up a whole lot to, to the Texans. And you're going to have to give up a quarterback that they don't have. So... And even with the Colts, too, they don't have enough. I don't believe they have enough to get their, get their pick to try to get Will Levis or Anthony Richardson because that's probably who they're gonna, who's going to go in the number three and four spot for QBs. So I don't think they have enough. And I think also if you throw in Will Levis or Anthony Richardson into the commander's office, offense just like straight out of the gates, I don't think that's going to work out so well just because of how tough the NFC East is. I mean, they just got a whole lot tougher with Darren Waller going to the Giants, the Cowboys uh, you know, signing a corner, which we'll get to them in a minute, and the Eagles and how well their team does. I, don't, I just don't see it. If they try to go get that quarterback and try to make it work and throw him into the fire and hope it works. I really don't. So with the Commanders, without QB, I think they're going to probably be one of the more desperate teams going into next season because I don't know who they're going to rock with. I really don't. Sam Howell, like I said, one game shouldn't be enough to determine if he's going to be QB1. Or they're going to try to pay Lamar Jackson a lot of money. And who knows what's going on with that at this point. But they're going to have to give up two number one picks and go from there. And I think that's going to be a lot more to give up to Baltimore if they try to get Lamar Jackson. I mean, maybe throw out a price and see what they do. But, you know, to go on from there, let's see what, you know, let's see what happens to the commanders. Next up for free agency, my man, Baker Mayfield, number one pick is going to Tampa Bay. 
That's right. Baker Mayfield has been reported earlier today by NFL insider Janie Enriquez, source Adam Schefter. They have been reported that Baker Mayfield is going to Tampa Bay. Why do I like this? I like it for a lot of reasons. It's a change of scenery. It's an easier division. Like I said, the NFC South is not going to be the strongest coming in, outside of maybe the Saints. And he has weapons. Keyword, weapons. In L.A., when he came in, everyone was gone. Cooper Cup, gone. I believe Higby was the only starting uh, starter that was good, uh, that was actually like producing. Cam Akers decided to be great towards the end of the season when it didn't matter. They lost a lot of their... They lost Allen Robinson. Aaron Donald was gone. So they didn't have... You know, that, that great offense and defense that they had during the Super Bowl run. So he didn't have that to work with like Matthew Stafford did. So now with him going to Tampa, he's probably going to beat out Kyle Trask. And I think that's one of the bigger things coming out of this story is that the, the Buccaneers don't trust Kyle Trask. And I think that's probably what it is. That they don't, they seen enough of Kyle Trask, but they don't think he should be the starter. That they have to go get someone else to possibly fill in for, for Tom Brady after his second retirement. So going on from there, Baker Mayfield is going to work with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I believe Rashad Jones, because Leonard Fournette is going to be gone. And we're, I mean, I'm excited for him because, it's, like I said, it's a change of scenery and definitely learning under a different coach and probably getting more time to learn the offense is going to be even a better situation for Baker. Because keep in mind, two days after getting signed by the Raiders, came in and won a game and he only knew... I think like Sean McVay, that's the only person he knew. So, especially learning under Sean McVay, I know it was a it was a bad season for the Rams, but hey, he's not a bad offensive mind. So I think he's definitely gonna help out, at least if he retained anything from Sean McVay and then go on from there. But I think this is good for the Buccaneers just because they don't spend a lot of money on a quarterback, which is always great because they can always it helps the salary cap. They don't have to, you know, over, you know, either overpay, you know, a quarterback or they don't have to break the bank. And they can sign other pieces to help out Baker Mayfield. They can always try to rebuild the line because I know a lot. the center got injured. I believe the left, left tackle got injured. So they can always rebuild that O-line depth. And they can also try to help out on defense. I know their defense was a little bit of a disappointment after Shaquille Barrett got injured. So, and as I stated, NFC South is not going to be the strongest going into next season. So it's anybody's game. I believe the team to beat is going to be either the Saints or the Carolina Panthers. They're going to be the top two teams to beat. And, you know, so Baker Mayfield has a chance to at least kind of help himself out, you know, kind of revive his his career a little bit. I know it's been a little bit of a downward slope. Everyone has made fun of me for it for the past few months and a couple years. But I still believe in Baker Mayfield. I still believe in him. I think he's going to do good in Tampa. I think it's going to help him out. Mike Evans is for sure going to help him. Chris Godwin. And we'll just have to see how that goes. But Baker Mayfield is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. All right, going off a of free agency topic for a moment. We're going to continue a little bit. But now we're going to talk about my Dallas Cowboys. So, the Dallas Cowboys. So, about earlier last week, it was, it was reported that Dak Prescott and Zach Morton restructured their contracts. And it freed up $30 million in cap space. I liked it because... It was a sign of we're bringing somebody, and I was very and I'm very hopeful that they're going to keep bringing people in because I think the Joneses and the Jones family are realizing that we need to bring in free agents. Like I like the guys we draft. I believe uh, it was a statistic that the Jones family and the Dallas Cowboys have drafted the most 
pro bowlers in the NFL, which is great and all. It really is. But we've seen the pattern, you know, in the past de uh, half de about a decade or so, that if you got to bring in free agents, you got to bring in some extra help to help either these young star players that are coming in, or you never know if they're not going to be that great. They might be disappointments. You never know with these things anymore, especially in the NFL. So definitely, when I saw thirty million dollars was freed, it it blew my mind because I was think I was not thinking that Dak or uh, maybe Zach Martin. I could see Zach Martin possibly. You know, restructuring the contract, you know, trying to help out the team because he knows we're going to, you know, we need all the help we can get, especially after the disappointing season last year, barely losing to the 49ers in the playoffs. He knew it and probably it took a little bit of negotiating for Dak, you know, since especially since he was really honed in on getting getting paid. So with him now going about this and trying to get, you know, him restructured and now we finally got it restructured, we can finally try to bring somebody in to help out Dallas. And one of the positions that I have been praising for, stretching out, explaining to everyone that we need more than a wide receiver. It was reported yesterday, Stephon Gilmore was traded to the Dallas Cowboys. I was very shocked because we never do anything during offseason and free agency. We never do anything or we wait till the last minute to try to get people. We traded for a fifth round complimentary pick to the Indianapolis Colts for... Stephon Gilmore. First, I'm going to start with, how hard was that? Look how, look how easy that was. You'd be surprised how many teams will give up really good players for very little. I mean, we did it with Amari last year. So, you, I mean, Stephon Gilmore, great cornerback. I believe he's still, I mean, he's still up there. He helps out Trayvon Diggs, which I've been stressing that that's been the biggest problem. And that was our biggest headache that I had last season after Anthony Brown went down. Anthony Brown went down. That right side of the defense was a. It was just not great. It was it was horrendous. We had to go through five or four different cornerbacks to help out. And I thought Bland was going to be the answer, the nickel cornerback. But he's not a great outside cornerback. He he's a great nickel. He can stop the slots or at least try to you know disrupt tight ends. I think he's great in that position. And what's it called? And I think you know he's going to be a star at least in that position. But being an outside corner is just so, so critical because when you're going to go up, in the, especially just looking at in division-wise, in the NFC East, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they're going to be they're a great duo, and you saw how far they went this past season with the Eagles. Curtis Samuel and Scary Terry McLaurin, another great duo. Darren Waller just got added, and I don't mean, I don't know what the Giants are going to do about wide receiver-wise, but Darren Waller got added. So... We're getting, you know, we're getting some real tough competition going into next season. So we're going to need a strong defense, which I'm very happy we're at least attacking this this part of the team right now in free agency just because how strong everyone is getting on offense. I know the Giants resigned uh, re uh, Daniel Jones. I talked about that in the last episode. So we are seeing that the NFC East is getting stronger on offense. So what do we got to do? Get stronger on defense. So Stephon Gilmore is now a Dallas Cowboy. Welcome to Dallas, Stephon. And I'm very excited to see you on the other side of Trayvon Diggs. Another another great free agency signing. We did re-sign the Wolf Hunter, Leighton Vanderesh. He is coming back. I'm very happy. I thought he did well this past season pairing up with Micah Parsons, especially since he didn't have to worry about rushing the quarterback as much. That was more of Micah Parsons' job. He was able to command the middle. I will say, though, 
if we if he would have walked, I would have mind would not mind getting Bobby Wagner just because I know he's a great middle linebacker as well. But I do know Jerry Jones loves his Cowboys. He loves the guys he drafts. So trying to make him a lifelong Cowboy is gonna you know was definitely a little bit of a scare, especially since we were over the cap by a lot. But I believe with the restructure of the contracts by Dak and uh, Dak and Zach Martin, we were able to free up and keep him, which I think is exponentially great i don't think he got hurt last season or if he did it wasn't like he missed a long period of time so that's very exciting especially like i said like i said earlier he doesn't have to rush the quarterback he just mans the middle and you know runs the zone which i'm very happy because he's a decent zone coverage linebacker we can let michael parsons worry about the quarterback and go from there and another thing with it is that like i said offenses are getting stronger in our division we gotta be we gotta be strong especially with the whatever the heck the Eagles pulled off last season with their weird QB sneak play, we're gonna need some guys in there getting getting dirty in the in the trenches, and that he's gonna definitely help. And I believe he was our best run stopper on the team last season. He recorded the most stop, uh, the most tackles from rushing. So I'm great to I'm grateful. I'm really am to have the Wolf Hunter back on the Cowboys team. Next up, we did sign back another cowboy donovan wilson is returning at safety i'm a big fan of donovan wilson i think he does well he kind of reminds me of a cam cam chancellor type he you know he he will go hit somebody and i think that's very crucial to have on a defense especially if you're gonna have these strong running backs coming in and seeing what happens but he can stop the run too he is a great tackler from what i saw and he's a great strong safety so i was a little scared we're gonna lose him him and layton just because they were, I believe they were kind of like the top two other players aside of Micah and Trayvon. And so with him coming back, safety is clear. Linebacker, we got corners. I think, and uh, I believe Curse is still going to be there too. Our front, our front four is going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm excited for our defense. I really am. What are we going to do about offense? Who knows? Who knows what we're going to do about that? We're working on it. We're working on it. And maybe D-Hop. I know there was talk that DeAndre Hopkins might be coming in soon. I know he went on the Pat McAfee show saying, Dallas, I hear my name. Let's talk. So I wouldn't mind it. I really wouldn't mind DeAndre Hopkins coming in and helping CD, but we will get there when we get there. Speaking of the offense, speaking of the offense, it has been reported that the Dallas Cowboys plan on parting ways with Ezekiel Elliott, which will free up $10.9 million in the cap space. Now... What do I think about him getting released? Am I happy? I'm a little bit because of his productivity going down. He wasn't he wasn't producing as much after he got the contract, after I believe his two rushing titles. He just wasn't producing anymore. He got hurt, he held out, it was it was back and forth with him and now we wasted a whole lot of money on him to barely produce. Tony Pollard who got less rushing attempts got more yards than Ezekiel Elliott did. And that is not good, especially since Ezekiel Elliott was a first-round pick in the draft. And Tony Pollard was a lot lower. It, it's just like, to me, they're, they're just two different running backs. They really are. Zeke is more of a power running back. You get him in the goal line. You know, you need that third and one, the fourth and inches, or the third and goal, fourth and goal. Whatever the case may be, Ezekiel Elliott's perfect for that. Because whenever we tried Tony Pollard, he got hurt. But Pollard's just more explosive. He can go outside the tackles and explode. He can accelerate through the guard and the tackle and just, you know, run wide open. So with him staying and being franchise tag, now we can work out at least a team-friendly deal. Do not give him Ezekiel Elliott money, and he, you know, and he doesn't do good because that might be the problem here. So with that, 
with Zeke possibly being gone and freeing up $10.9 million, it's going to help the salary cap, especially if we're still debating on who to bring in. The only problem I really have is who we're going to bring in for running back uh, to help out Tony Pollard. Because I do fear that if we give Tony Pollard the ball too much, he's not big. He's not as big as Ezekiel Elliott. So Ezekiel Elliott, you know, being, you know, his built. He's very strong. That's why I said he's a power running back. Tony Pollard is not that, and he's going to get hurt. Especially with all those carries and those rushing attempts. So, who do we bring in for running back? Like I said, Bijan Robinson might be there. I don't. I I wouldn't mind Bijan Robinson if Zeke Elliott does go. If he does get released, bring in Bijan. Then I'm perfectly fine with that. However, though, I think wide receiver is a little bit more of a pressing matter in the draft, especially with some really good ones coming in. So it, it's real toss up for me if we go to the draft or get go get a free agent because. I don't like Miles Sanders that much. I I, I was I liked him uh, when he first came into the league, but not so much this past year. He had a fumbling issue. He fumbled in the playoffs. He fumbled in the regular season. Fumbled in the Super Bowl. So I don't like Miles Sanders too much. Unless we try to go get Austin Eckler, I don't think we will because we just got Stephon Gilmore and they want to trade. So they won't. We can't just pick them up. So I think that's another concern where we would have to give up a first round pick for Austin Eckler. I would not mind Austin Eckler. I really wouldn't. Because I think he would like it in Dallas, especially since McCarthy wants to run the ball now. Even though we ran the ball the sixth most out of everyone in the league last year. But that was last episode. And what happens with that, with Austin Eckler coming in, is now we got to do the exact situation that we had with Zeke. Is we got to split the reps between Tony and Austin. So... It's gonna be a little bit of a it's gonna be a little bit of a debate going into this uh, draft process and going into the draft in April, but we'll we'll see. We really will see. But with Ezekiel Elliott being gone, I'm upset because I did like him when he first came to the Cowboys. He was very helpful, but now he hasn't been productive. He's not as explosive, and Tony Pollard just helped out a whole lot more the past two seasons. And he had, he got a Pro Bowl this past year. He had a, a thousand rushing yards with less attempts than Ezekiel Elliott. So. With that, I wouldn't. I would hate to see him go, but I also understand we he has to go. He hasn't been helping that much, and he's just eating the salary cap away. And it is like I said, it is it is a little heart hurting because he was really good when he came in, but he, sometimes you got you got to cut someone loose and just let him be free. Like that old saying, if you love him so much, you let him go. Well, we, Dallas doesn't love him anymore, but you guys get the point I'm making here. So. Tony Pollard will probably be running back one, and we'll just have to wait in the coming weeks with. The running back. So, final topic for today. So, we've been talking about the guy, the man, the headache of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. So, I've been praising on the podcast that I don't like Aaron Rodgers as a person. I don't agree for the Jets to go get him just because I don't think he's going to help out the team. I don't think he's going to help out the locker room. I think he's going to be a bigger distraction off the field than he is on the field. However, though, I do have someone here who is a Jets fan, been a long-time Jets fan, and we can ask someone from a Jets fan perspective what they think of Aaron Rodgers. So I want to welcome our first guest on the podcast, Mr. Jeff Korean. See if he comes out. Awkward. All right. So Jeff is running a little behind. So we will get to him in a second. Now, with, like I said, I guess we'll talk about the Jets here. I'm not very sold with the Jets, and we'll have to see what's going to happen with New York and what's going to go on with Aaron. I know right now he is trying to get 
his little thing going on. And there is Jeff Korean, everybody. Our first ever guest of the podcast. Chris, it's an honor to be here with you, man. How's going on, Jeff? All right, Jeff, we're talking Jets football now. I just talked about my Cowboys. So, first question for you, Jeff. How long have you been a fan? Well, that's a very tough question. Probably since like 1989, roughly. 1989, all right. So, what did you think of last season? It started off promising, like 7-3 and three or something, and then Lafleur did Lafleur things, and then we tanked. Tanked? Yes, tanked. But would you, believe, would you agree with me, and probably the rest of Jets football nation, that the quarterback was kind of the biggest problem going into the season? Or well, that was the biggest issue? Yeah, whenever we drafted um, Zach Wilson, that was probably... I, I didn't have a problem with drafting him. What I had a problem with was throwing him into the fire right away. And it's not just the Jets to do this. They did it with Trevor Lawrence. They've been doing it for a few years now. And you can't throw a kid coming out of college into the NFL right away and expect him to be successful just based off the speed of the game alone. Yeah, I completely agree. And then Mike White came in, saved the day. He's your hero, or what's going on with Mike White? <sighs> well, let's back up to last offseason. We signed that guy out of Baltimore, that Flacco character. Flacco, yeah. Ooh. Who, yeah, he won a Super Bowl, but defense, okay? I'm going to say, eh, defense or won the Super Bowl. Yeah. He was just there. Here, here's the thing. Whenever Flacco got out of the pocket, which was maybe two or three times a year, he was successful because the Jets' O-line is atrocious. So you're running for your life, which is why Mike White got hurt, by the way, running mm -hmm. for his life and got smacked outside of the pocket, but uh, or in the pocket trying to escape. But he he just kind of sat there. He was a sitting duck. He he's not mobile. You know he can't he can't uh, he can't move too well. But when he did get some freedom out in the you know outside the pocket, he was successful. And that's what kind of worries me about Aaron Rodgers. Which I got a little news for you. Oh, uh, what happened? You ready for it? Is he a jet? Well, he went on the Pat McAfee show, first reported by NFL insider Adam Ramirez. Adam Ramirez. And confirmed by uh, your lead statistician and techni technical person, okay. Le Jackie. Le Jackie. She did some Twitter research for us and said, he on the Pat McAfee show, he said, he is a Jet that is working out compensation. Ooh. <laughs> Which means, you better hire what I told you to hire or I'm going to retire. Oh, that you heard it here, everybody. Aaron Rodgers is a jet. Jeff, how are you feeling about that? Aaron Rodgers coming in. It's official. Well, well, money, money, not yet, but he's a jet. You know, we're on spring break, hence the hat. <laughs> so, I've been sitting there thinking all morning. Whenever Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers, what was everybody's first reaction? Super Bowl. No. Mine was, it's too late. He's washed up. Vilichek was the man. Then he goes and he wins the Super Bowl. My first initial thoughts were, if this was five years ago, bring him on. Let's take him. Then I'm like, he's 39, he's washed up, he's done. But you have a new offensive coordinator in Hackett, who he's comfortable with. You have his favorite target over the last few years, which is Lazard. You have Randall Cobb coming in. You got his, his safety valve, which is Mercedes Lewis, at tight end, that they've already signed. You've got Brees Hall coming off an injury who was going to have a uh, record-breaking season as a rookie running back who blew his knee, which nowadays a blown knee isn't so bad. Yeah. You know, you can come back very quickly and very strong. 
So you got a strong run game. You have his targets to throw to. The only thing you need to work on is that line. The line. Now, cap space. Jets only have $11 million in cap space available. Rogers is going to eat up $51 million. <laughs> So what do you do? Well, your top cap space holder for the Jets, C.J. Mosley. Do you want to get rid of C.J.? No. No. Who's number two? Shaq Lawson, edge rusher. Do you want to get rid of Shaq? No, but they're talking about doing it. Okay. So three and four, you got left guard and right guard. Your line already sucks, so how are you going to go back, you know, get rid of two guys who are in a kind of a crappy situation as it is? The tackles are our problem, mm-hmm. you know, honestly. But you can't free up cap space by getting rid of two guards and starting fresh. Yeah. You know, my ideal situation would be keep our money, keep our defense intact, Keep Mike White calling plays, you know, throwing to Garrett Wilson, and then use our draft picks to get some good quality linemen. Maybe use our trade spots to get some linemen from, like, Orlando Brown's a free agent. He's a free agent now. Yes, he is. I mean, that's that kid's solid, you know. So, I don't know. When, it, when it's all said and done on this Wednesday morning, well, afternoon, afternoon. at 1 p.m. now, almost 1 p.m., I'm going to say, let's go, Rogers. Let's do this. <laughs> I will say though, because you can't you can't get rid of your two stars. That's going to be like the bigger issue. Sauce and Garrett can't go. No, you sure, can't. absolutely. They absolutely can't go not. at all. But now, speaking of Mike White, he went to the Dolphins. What did you think about that? He's going to get an opportunity to play because Tua. Oh, Tua's. Uh, yeah, injured. I love the kid, but yeah, he's not. No. Uh, why would you go back out there after what happened? This oh, season two with the, straight concussions. Yeah. No, I wouldn't um, refuse to go back out. I mean, you. It's understandable. Walk away. Like, Andrew Luck did it, you know, and he wasn't even as it wasn't even as bad as what it is here. Yeah. With Tua, you know, I mean, you, you kind of have to, you kind of have to take your personal safety and health into consideration and walk away. So I think Mike White's gonna get a chance, and I think he's gonna get a chance at revenge. It just depends on what we have intact as far as a pass rush, and because that's how White got hurt for us, you know, he he couldn't elude the pass, he couldn't elude the pressure. Uh, Stevler is a better pass, you know, a rush eluder. But he's not accurate. Yeah, White's accurate as long as he has time to throw. But if he's on the run, uh, you know, he's kind of iffy. Which I guess that's any quarterback, to be fair. Yeah. But you know, it's just one of those things that it's kind of a catch twenty-two. If we're gonna roll with Rod, I'm just at the point now where I'm tired of the waiting game. Let's mm-hmm. let's know. Am I how how long am I gonna be mad? Because right now I've been mad since about 2011 since we lost in the AFC Championship. So it may be over. It may be. I, I do want to know, though, because the whole wish list came out, what did you think of the wish list and possibly being called the New York Packers from now on? Fair name. Fair you know, name. fair name. Uh, the wish list was kind of – Lazard kind of surprised me because, you know, whenever he was in prime time, which, by the way, it's hard to get Jets games in Texas. So with the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers, there's going to be a lot of prime time games. So I'll get to see a lot of stuff without having to go spend money at Buffalo Wild Wings or spend money on my newly – acquired YouTube TV package because that's where the NFL Sunday ticket's going to be. I think that's a little ridiculous, honestly. Yeah, I, I, really, yeah. I didn't like Amazon streaming the Thursday games. No, that that was YouTube's horrible. coming up. Well, I think YouTube, the quality of it's a lot better than what Amazon was, Oh, I, to I be mean, sure. To be fair. I mean, 1990s TV was better than what Amazon yeah, put out true. there. That's so that's very true. The 13-inch in the kitchen Heck yeah. was a better. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just one of those things to where let's go. Let's go? Let's go. Let's go. Last question before we wrap it up. What are you predicting? Season record. What are you going? 
How far are we getting? Well, we won seven games this year, you know, and then lost like the last eight in a row because of Lafleur and Lafleur and Lafleur. So I'm gonna say um, new coordinator. We might lose the first couple trying to get our stuff set, but Rogers and and the pack coming in. I think we rebound. Twelve games. Twelve, 12 games? games. Go to bet. Oh, speaking of betting on that. Before this happened, there was a 30 to 1 odds on the Jets uh, winning the Super Bowl. So I'm like, why not a little small wager? I got my ticket. Got my ticket. So if I cash it in, anybody that shares this podcast, I might give you a dollar. Give you a dollar? I might give you a dollar. Can we do that? Is that legal? Yeah, for sure. We okay. Can. Sport sure. betting is legal. So it's cool to go. Yeah. But on that note, Jeff, can I get a Jets chance? J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter at CAV Sports or CAV Sports Podcast. This video will be going up on YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music later on. But thank you guys for tuning in and catch you all at the next one.